Grab a Torch podcast, a rundown and chat about reality show Survivor. hope you've had a good week, but either way, I'm glad to have you here. I had no idea this week's episode was going to be two hours long. Did you know? Apparently, I'm really good at not knowing a lot, but that's a good feeling, being good at something. Anyway, I do have a sneaking suspicion about something. I suspect, on the walk home from the Daniel Strunk vote-out, that Chanel somehow managed to have an on-the-sly smoky smoke because when they reached camp, she was high. Really, that's the only thing I can come up with at this point. Interview style, she seemed fine. She said she threw a vote Mike's way just in case Daniel played his shot in the dark. That makes sense. And it's simple. And it's concise. But is she able to tell it that way to Mike? Oh, no. For Mike, she said, I'm sorry I wrote your name down. Not a good start. Not in Survivor. I thought you and Daniel were teaming up, and yada yada yada. Mike was fired up and venting, and to be honest, he did her a favor not letting her continue. She was certainly doing herself no favors. I feel like Haya was already several steps ahead in the game, and I think ruffled feathers were not in his game plan. He said something quick about needing to be unified, and Mike jumped on that quick, even if it was just lip service. And then Chanel said, with a grin, No hard feelings. It's all fair in Love and Survivor. But wait, there's more. Later, Chanel is sitting side by side with Mike. Again, probably not her best decision. And Mike says, Please don't write my name down again. Chanel says, I won't. But then she laughs. (laughs) Mike's response was, please let there be a merge tomorrow. It would be so good for all of us. At which point I laughed. All right, so on to day 12 at Ica Tribe. Roxroy is grocery shopping out of a tree, trying to get away from the kids, but he can't shake Tori. She's pestering him nonstop, mumbling, confronting, sulking relentless in trying to figure out what the adventure was that he went on with Lydia. Her body language, the way she would mumble, her pouty facial expressions, just everything about the two of them was really funny to me. So we'll skip from Ika on over to Jeff, of all people. Hide your torches. So Jeff explains that last season there was a merge twist where one group sent a player away, not knowing they would have the power to go back in time and change history. They're doing the same this season, but with some tweaks, and there are three variables. One, the food is from Applebee's. That's big, emotional, reminds people of home. Two, the players will be told in advance that the person they send away will have the power to change the game. And three, someone from the winning team can volunteer to go and get the power for themselves. After the explanation, the tribes come on in for the competition, and before Jeff has a chance to explain anything, there's already a twist. 
because we don't see Marianne's reaction to Daniel's vote out. Then Jeff says, you have entered the next stage of the game where tribes are no more and the game has become individual. They scream, they jump, they shout, and then Mike says, so is this called the merge? Ah, good question, Mike. Not exactly called the merge. Way to bring everybody down. Moans, groans, looks of surprise and trepidations as they're all told that they won't be officially merged until after the next tribal council. They will have to earn their way into the merge. They are without a buff and without a tribe. So here's a quick rundown of the challenge. Teams will free a massive boulder from the sand, push it through an obstacle course, collecting keys along the way. They will then use the boulder to get up onto a platform to then get up a ramp to a taller platform where they will unlock and complete a 75-piece puzzle for new buffs, immunity from having to compete in the next immunity challenge, and then he tells them about the Applebee's food. Everyone loses their ever-loving minds as Jeff tells them all about it, even giving them a sneak peek at the burgers. He tells them about the brownie dessert and Tori can't take it anymore. She gives Roxroy this awkward, spontaneous hug. So they draw for rocks, but another twist. Two rocks will be gray, and the gray rocks, well, the people who pick the rocks, will sit out the challenge and have their fate determined by the winning team. So for Orange Rocks, we have Jonathan, Marianne, because they cannot get away from one another, Hi, Tori, and Lydia. And for Blue Rocks, we have Drea, Chanel, Omar, Mike, and Romeo, which means the Gray Rocks were picked by Roxroy and Lindsay. Jonathan's team is, of course, out for an early lead, and for some reason, over on the blue team, Drea, Chanel, and Romeo start out digging the sand with their feet. I don't think that they stuck with that strategy for too long, but that's how they began. To be honest, it wasn't a total blowout at first, but eventually Jonathan's team was up and working on their puzzle, and the blue team struggled with getting onto the first platform. Drea made three attempts to get up on the boulder with Mike's help, and each fall she took off was worse than the previous one. Mike accidentally kicked her in the face before they switched things up, and Romeo was sent back down to help Drea. Drea made it up, and then Romeo did, but in the end it was all too little too late, and the orange team easily completed the puzzle to win this competition. This gave the orange team all the goodies, but also two decisions. Do they take Lindsay or Roxroy with them to the feast? Or does a member of the orange team forego the feast in order to go to exile and to earn themselves great power? As much as Tori and Roxroy made butt heads, when Tori learned that Roxroy or Lindsay would be sent to Exile Island, she put her face in her hands and had a cry, which was touching. This game is a roller coaster. So the orange team did a quick little huddle and made their decision. They chose Lindsay to join them in the feast and for Roxroy to go to Exile Island for two days and two nights. Before the losing team was sent off, I was thrilled to hear that they would receive some rice. With everyone gone, there was just Jeff and Roxroy. 
Roxroy said he hoped it would be him sent off, that he will have an advantage in the game. Interview style, Roxroy isn't quite as stoic about that, mentioning that taking Lindsay to the feast because she looked hungry when everyone was hungry kind of sucked, but other than that, Roxroy was really not disappointed. He said, this is Survivor, this is what you want. You want it to be hard, because it shouldn't be so easy to get a million dollars. It was such a cool thing to hear, knowing how hungry he must be and everything else he must be after so many days living bare bones and living with Tori. All right, let's go over to the Applebee's feast. I would talk about Jonathan's eating, but I can't stomach it. Let's just say the guy was really hungry. Interview style, and I find this kind of funny, but Jonathan said he almost chose exile for the power. I have to wonder if what he really meant was the thought was there and then it was gone in a flash. He's been starving for 12 days. He's twice as big as everyone else. Massive understatement. And he said his normal meal is 18 eggs. That's a dozen and a half eggs. That's a lot of eggs. Nine pieces of cheese and grits. Anyway, it seems like the group had an amazing time. Tori was glad to be the only member from her tribe. She was able to gossip a little bit. But overall, there wasn't a lot of gameplay happening as they all just ate to their heart's content. Over with the blue team, from Ika tribe, we have Romeo and Drea, besties. From Vati, we have Mike and Chanel, worsties. And from Taku, we have Omar. So the five of them get to know one another, but all I can see is Chanel with that damn bag of rice. She's pouring it into the pot, but from a little too high up. Eh, pot, high up. Anyway, the way she's holding the bag does not send a message of caring very much. And then she says, uh-oh, spilled a little. She didn't say it very loud, but she said it. I'm not sure anyone heard, but now I know that Chanel is simply reckless in every which way possible. They were guessing at what power Roxroy might return with, and Drea guessed it correctly. Also, at some point, Drea said she thought that the tides might be getting high and they'd better go check on their clothes, which sent everyone scrambling except for she and Mike, and alone they did not waste a second. Mike asked if anyone knew about her beware advantage. Drea said no, and then she said she's with Romeo and Roxroy. Mike said it's high and Lydia for him. Drea shared that Tori tells everyone everything, and Mike warned against Chanel. It was all so very efficient. Roxroy over on Exile took forever to get a fire going, but he got it there, and more than that, he ended up building a shelter for his two nights. He was grateful for the rice he was given, grateful for the time alone to learn about himself, to be away from the nagging wife and kids. He has some issues with his vision which could lead to blindness, and the way he stared off at the sunset and soaked it all in, he felt blessed to be there and felt like the luckiest person. I need to watch this show with a box of tissues. So eventually, the Feasting Six returned to the community camp where there were hugs and sweet meetings and greetings. Omar told Lydia that she has such a nice smile and she said the same about him, which was really sweet. 
It didn't take long before people were pairing off and grouping off to have chats, which was so much fun to take in. It was also a lot, so here we go. Lindsay was anxious to talk with Drea and Hai about the amulet advantage that they earned on day one. Hai volunteered that whoever needed his amulet, he would do it, and the others said the same. So with all three of them in the game, the amulet would give them an extra vote each. If there's only two people left, though, then the advantage is a steal a vote, and if there's only one left, it becomes an immunity idol. Mike and Marianne talked about the beware advantage that they both have, and then Marianne and Romeo had such a cute chat. They were walking, and Romeo said, I'm scared with all these big people around. The little people need to stick together. Man, it was so funny. Marianne kept trying to comfort him, trying her best to make him feel like it would all be okay. Marianne really got around, so after Romeo, Marianne talked with Tori on the beach, talking threats and votes, and regarding Drea, Marianne said, because like a problem later is a shield in the future. Tori's jaw dropped, and she said, whoa, there is so much more to you than a bubbly personality. Marianne said her strategy was to get everyone else to talk and share info so that she could just say great idea to everyone and keep herself out of the spotlight. Mike and Jonathan bonded over being bigger guys, always thought of as blockheads, having to really prove themselves. It was a lot of fun watching everyone watching Jonathan. None of the guys can hide the admiration in their eyes when it comes to him, and I think it was Lydia on the beach who said, Oh, look, there he goes, and everyone turned as Jonathan raced into the ocean with a spear, looking more superhero than anything imaginable. Romeo may be the exception. He doesn't like the bro energy, but to be honest, I think Jonathan is more hippie than bro. Sitting around the fire eating, someone must have asked Ty how he met his boyfriend, I'm assuming, so he's telling the story, and the look in Romeo's eyes as he hung on every word and feeling. It was really powerful. I think Romeo admires the level of comfort that High has with himself. Later on, the two of them talked, and Romeo shared that he comes from south-central L.A., and it was tougher there, and also not all of his family knows he's gay, but they will be finding this out from this show. I love that Romeo gets a chance to maybe spend more time with High and to soak in that good, stronger energy. Omar shows up when High and Romeo are talking, and it's game time. High warns him about Chanel, and Omar is surprised, having a sense of her being honest from their hike together. High says no, and that she's lost Omar's vote. So this is the first time that Omar is finding this out, and interview style, he says this is the most scared he's felt in the game so far. So when Omar gets together with Chanel, Chanel says she wants to make sure that they're all still solid from their adventure, which who knows what that even means because she doesn't tell him that she's lost his vote. The more I add up all these Chanel pieces, I can't believe she's still in the game. Sometimes just the element of luck, I guess, can take one a fair distance. All right, day 13. Marianne tells Lydia she vibes well with her. Lydia says they're the young'uns. Marianne says with the old grandma names, which was kind of funny. 
Hi and Jonathan got together and shared that they have good feelings for Lindsay, Omar, Mike, Drea, and Lydia, and for one another, of course. Hi is ready to play this game. Interview style, he says now he needs to establish agency through social skills, wrangling people together, he needs to get his numbers together, and get a clear path to the end. On the beach, Jonathan, Hi, Drea, and Lydia talk. They say Mike is a man of his word. Drea says Rox is like Mike. Lydia confirms Jonathan and Omar are super tight. Hi mentions Lindsay for a solid eight. Hi warns about Chanel. Drea says the same about Tori. Jonathan says their next to go would be Marianne. Not that she's done anything wrong. She's just the next to go. So for this group of eight, Tori, Chanel, and then Marianne are the next to go, but Tori and Marianne are safe from tribal. Chanel then approaches this group, and they try to be smooth by talking about fishing, but they are terrible at it, and within moments, everyone just scatters. Chanel then tries to talk with Lydia, but it's also obvious that Lydia is holding back, not making eye contact. There was a bonding moment where Omar revealed to Drea, Jonathan, and Hai that he doesn't have a vote because of Chanel. Drea quietly says, we're together, right? And then she tells him that she has an extra vote. There were instant smiles and a hug, all very sweet and cool. And then Chanel approaches again. And again, they try to play it cool. So Hai says to Chanel, we all have good vibes, and they all like you. But everybody else just says some very weak, yeah, and then that's all they have. It was the most awkward thing. I crawled out of my skin. It was so bad. And then, just like the first time, they all just scattered off in different directions. Oh, I feel anxious just thinking about it again. I have to hand it to Chanel for continuing to try, that's for sure. So, over on Exile Island, Roxroy is making rice when Jeff arrives, and he explains the hourglass. If Roxroy breaks it, then he changes history, and the tribe that has immunity now loses it, and the others gain it. In the end, Roxroy decides to break the hourglass. How could he not? Had he not, I'm assuming Chanel would be going home, but now she has immunity. So on to day 14, individual immunity. The tribes enter the scene. Jeff brings in Roxroy. They cheer and clap his return. Jeff explains the power Roxroy was offered, and Roxroy says he did change history. Tori isn't happy about this. She is not happy at all. She sent Roxroy to exile to help him which he laughs at. I love the relationship these two have. It's so amusing. So Jeff tells the Orange team to drop their new purple buffs. And he adds that one of them won't even make the jury, which brings some groans. The immunity challenge is balancing a wobbly table with a rope while stacking letter blocks that spell immunity. The first to do so wins individual immunity. Marianne seems to approach challenges like it's all just fun and games. No million dollars on the line here, just a childlike fun, which is so crazy to watch in the midst of everyone else's intensity. 
Tori ends up never dropping her table of blocks, and she wins individual immunity. She cries. Marianne races over for a big hug. Such great sportsmanship. Jonathan looked destroyed at having failed. Tori tells Roxroy as they hug, Thank you. Now I love you. <laughs> oh, man. To be honest, they both annoyed me for one reason or another, but that's what this game does. It reveals a little bit at a time until you're able to see many sides of everyone. And as it turns out, they're all as amazing as they are challenging, and so are all of us, and that is life. Even reckless as hell Chanel I can't help but really still like. She better not spill my rice, though. Anyway, Roxroy is at camp now for the first time, and he looks around and asks, where is the pool? Which was great. Jonathan comes over, and they shake hands like men, and then the two of them go off like men and spear fish. Or maybe they just talk on the beach. Jonathan lets Roxroy know that Drea has put Roxroy into an alliance of eight people. Tori and Romeo talk, and Romeo wants Jonathan gone right now, while they have a chance. Otherwise, they're all done for. Then Romeo tells Hi, Drea, and Marianne that he wants Jonathan gone. Lydia, Chanel, and Lindsay talk. Lydia thinks Jonathan... Lindsay right away tries to talk them out of it, tries to paint things onto Marianne. Chanel and Lydia read right through her, though. Chanel, Tori, Omar, Hi, Marianne, and Lydia are together. And Lydia brings up that Jonathan could go on a winning streak, and that's scary. Omar kept out of it, saying he's not only safe from tribal, but he also doesn't have a vote, which was so smart of him. This allows him to just keep himself clean and gather information, which is exactly what he does. So Omar then talks with Jonathan, and Jonathan tells him, I need your help. Help me. Jonathan tells Roxroy, Drea, and Romeo that he's voting Marianne. Omar gets Lydia alone to find out what she really thinks outside of a group, and she says the same, that she's down to vote for Jonathan, but that Lindsay is also saying Marianne. Omar really gave her a chance, saying, it seems like you're more Jonathan than Marianne, and Lydia said that she just wants the majority. So now Omar knows it has to be Lydia, and he has to go around selling that and the fact that Marianne can be useful down the road. He tells Marianne her name has come up, but to stay calm, it's going to be Lydia, and if he's not successful, then Marianne needs to play her idol and keep herself safe. Marianne is freaked out, but she knows she has to get centered and play it calm, and she feels like it all comes down to Omar. At least for this episode, it certainly seems like Hai and Omar have the brains and the social skills to broker all of these deals. Omar makes the case for voting out Lydia with Hai and Mike. Mike looks at Hi and says, you were willing to go to Rocks for her. And then Mike says, Hi, if that's what you think, I'm with you. Hi goes around trying to get things changed to Marianne instead of Lydia. It was just a whole lot of people trying to make some kind of best decision and having to go back and forth and change and then solidify. 
It was a whole lot. It was a whole lot of fun to watch. Before Tribal Council High interview style said, Moments like these are where good players fold and great players prevail. And then they were off. So it's Night 14 and Tribal Council. High said this will be a defining vote. Things are more fluid this season. Not everyone is with their own tribe. Omar said, Everyone's saying let's go get firewood, but the firewood is empty. Then, to keep the funny going, Marianne got Drea all tangled up in a nutty word salad that was so strange and confusing. Jeff asks Marianne if she's worried about talking so much, and Marianne does worry about it, but... And then she goes off on another word salad at 100 miles per hour until she finally takes a pause and asks Jeff, What was your question? That's when a beetle flew in and landed on Roxroy and got us out of Marianne's mess. Some things are just meant to be. So finally, it's time to vote. And first up is Omar, who has lost his vote thanks to Chanel. But now that's off his back, which has to feel good. Once all the votes were in, Jeff asked if anybody wanted to play an advantage or an idol. Marianne turned and she looked at Romeo. Romeo closed his eyes, looked down, and shook his head ever so slightly, but definitely shook his head. Marianne then looked at Omar, who gave her a wide-eyed look that in my mind was saying, yes, play your idol. So if I read any of that at all correctly, then Marianne trusts Romeo over Omar because she kept quiet. I have to hand it to Marianne. I think she's a little more gutsy than I maybe give her credit for. So there were only five people who could receive votes, as Tori had won individual immunity. So Jonathan, Marianne, and Lindsay from former Taku, and Hi or Lydia from former Vati. So Jonathan received two votes, Marianne received two votes, Lindsay one vote, Hi didn't receive any votes, and unfortunately, Lydia was voted out with five votes. One vote left unread because it wasn't necessary. Man, I felt bad for her. I was shocked. She was shocked. She was really gracious in her exit interview. I just wish at the very least that she had made the jury. So once Lydia had made her exit, although I fear she wasn't even out of earshot yet, but Jeff tossed the bag of merge buffs and everyone cheered. So let me do a quick rundown of which players voted which way. For Lydia, it was Hi. I'm sure I wasn't the only one stunned by that. Jonathan, Lindsay, Drea, Marianne, and Mike. They all voted Lydia. So votes for Marianne came from Romeo and Lydia. And the votes for Jonathan came from Chanel and Tori. Oh, and then the one vote for Lindsay came from Roxroy. I'm guessing that the group of eight didn't have time to fill him in, and they knew they didn't need his vote, so... Anyway, that was episode six. I'm later with it than I'd like to be. It's not as complete as I'd like, but I shall not hang on to it any longer. 
if I get a chance, I may try to get another episode out before episode 7 of Survivor as a way of tying things up a little better. But let's not hold our breath. Knock on wood. Don't walk under a ladder. I appreciate you so much for dropping by, and I will catch you next time. 